No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. Earth disappears. Station does not feel the same. A woman appears in the wall. We're definitely not in Kentucky anymore. Kansas. Kansas. Really? Who gives a shit? People from Kansas. <laughs> day she's getting all these compliments and oh throughout the day she's on register and someone's like oh your hair is so pretty oh your eyes are so nice oh your smile is so lovely i'm like oh everyone likes you everyone is so nice to you and she goes oh bardo i'm sure people compliment you on your wisdom all the time (laughs) Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. People call me Charlie. And I'm Bardo. And tonight we're talking about 2018's Netflix masterpiece, The Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, This is the last in our Cloverfield series for now. So if you haven't yet, you should probably listen to the last two episodes and... uh, where we cover the first two movies uh after this movie we're going to be doing uh barto's pick for a movie which is the 1978 film invasion of the body snatchers and then we are getting back to godzilla to cover the final movie in the show era terror of mecha godzilla uh charlie i mean grogu i mean no no you're charlie this time charlie i mean people also call me grogu do you want to tell us what I mean, this movie's about in your own words? Listen uh, to the pod. <laughs> call me Grogu. Uh, in my own words. Okay, so I usually watch movies at least twice. Once while taking notes on the second time. I had my first watch. Um, I finished up basically 10 minutes after we started. So After we started? After we were supposed to start. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, Dave, in the background, you might have missed some shit. <laughs> Would be the first time you've watched movies while we're doing this before. Let's <laughs> come up. I'm always watching next week's uh, episode or movie while we're recording. <laughs> Here is my uh, fresh, very fresh take on what this movie is. Mm-hmm. Producer J.J. Abrams, who, in my opinion, is as bad as his robot that he likes to tout around town, uh, <laughs> takes you deeper into the Cloverfield universe than ever before with this mysterious sci-fi thriller. Orbiting Earth on the brink of a devastating energy war, or as I like to call it, the oil wars, scientists prepare to test a device that can provide unlimited power or trap them in a terrifying alternate reality. Spoiler, it's the terrifying alternate reality. Uh, starring Gugu Mithalarot. I probably shouldn't read these things. You can't do that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I should have not read the cast. (laughs) 
Keep going, this is all going in. Keep it going. <laughs> Sharing Gugu Mathavara, David Oyelowo, Daniel Brule, and Chris O'Dowd. The Cloverfield Paradox is the ultimate journey into the unknown. Okay, maybe. Maybe not the ultimate. And maybe it's not really that much of a journey. But. Wait, are you reading off the DVD? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's not. It's it's really not that ultimate, and it's really not much of a journey. But it is into the unknown. So, <laughs> if that entices you, you may like this movie. <laughs> Blu-ray feature film plus special features. Things are not as they appear. The making of the Cloverfield Paradox. Shepherd team, the cast. Blu-ray feature film, 1080p, high definition. English, Dolby Atmos, French 5.1, Dolby Digital, Spanish 5.1, Dolby Digital, Portuguese 5.1, Dolby Digital, English Audio Description, Subtitles, English, English SDH, French, Spanish, Portuguese. (laughs) It's the Cloverfield Paradox, baby. As far as uh, material we're referencing, uh, I just want to... I think I'm probably the only one, and I just listened to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast on the Cloverfield franchise, uh, so we'll probably be talking about that a little bit. Okay, one thing I want to bring up is a is a thing from the first movie, our first discussion. Uh, I made fun of J.J. Abrams for choosing Cloverfield as the title because it's like a an exit in L.A. and it's a New York movie, right? So y'all know how loser uh, jj for doing that not you <laughs> yeah yeah you know how movies have like um uh like fake names that they're shooting under yeah uh, to kind of like hide from people yeah. so cloverfield was just actually one of those but people got so deep in oh. it that they have like people kept calling it that so they just picked that as the name i just thought that was interesting uh, trivia um, question do you know what the 10 Cloverfield Lane was shot under? The secret title was shot under? No. Neither do I. Um, well, it, it Cloverfield was, had a bunch of secret names. This was just one of a bunch. One of them was just Cheese. 10 Cloverfield Lane was shot under, I don't remember, it's a boat's name, like the Vena, Venezuelan, Venezuela, I don't know, some boat that, that there was a cut scene where Goodman's character had like a speech about his time on the boat, and that's what this movie was shot under oh, okay. just a little they should have called it that uh yeah they should have just saying i think this one was called the god particle initially so there was a script called the god particle okay so you know how we talked about in 10 cloverfield lane i feel like this is an important setup for how this movie is and why it is what it is when we talked about 10 cloverfield lane we talked about how like they got a script but then they like changed it to like be in the cloverfield world right mm-hmm. in this movie this movie they had a script called the god particle an extremely different movie they were making the movie they were filming the movie before they decided it should be a cloverfield movie <laughs> in during filming jj abrams had the idea and they changed shit real quick and did reshoots and like all this shit. It's like that was in the middle of making the movie. So it was already a bad robot movie. And JJ was yes. like, maybe it's like, oh shit. Uh, maybe saw how movies turn out. I was like, oh man, nobody's going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to make it a Cloverfield. Thing. Yeah. 
man just feel like that's important context no, that makes <laughs> yeah so much more sense like why yes. roger davies character arc works the way it is like he's roger the, davies the husband on earth Michael, yeah, that Michael, was all yeah. reshoots pretty much. Well, anyway, I just wanted to, wanted to get that out early. Uh, let's let's give our general thoughts and feelings. Who wants to go first? It was very disappointing. I I get the the inclination to be like, well, we could use this movie to explain how the other Cloverfield movies took place, but that that killed uh, a lot of the. I mean, it didn't kill the fun that I had watching those movies, but to be like, ah, here's why they happened is like, is very disappointing to me. It also didn't make sense. Um, I'm sorry. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll get, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm willing to, whatever. Um, I thought that there were a couple, like there were some really fun actors and stuff in this movie who I was, Happy to watch do things. What's her name? Elizabeth Debecki, uh, uh, Mina, Mina Jensen was very tall. That was like really cool to see <laughs> just someone that tall. Um, <laughs> I Some of the space horror stuff were like kind of cool in isolation. And I thought that was like, if it was a different movie, I could have maybe had a lot of fun with that. But yeah, this was a clunker. Uh, totally. Charlie, what do you think? Yeah, I think I liked it a lot more than both of you. I know you listened to our Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, no, I was kind of disappointed about that one. This movie, I generally had a pretty, I thought it was just a fun movie. The type of movie you might see just, uh, play on the sci-fi channel but just uh dumb entertaining there's some cool kind of concepts they're dealing with even if they don't deliver them all the way the visually it kind of uh sucks throughout but um whatever it's just a dumb fun movie and uh yeah making a cloverfield movie just doesn't work or make sense at all but i kind of ignoring that point i, I think it's it's a kind of fun movie and i, I was surprised that the rating on letterbox is 2.3 because I mean, I guess everyone's just kind of analyzing it as a Cloverfield movie, which, yeah, it shouldn't be. But it's I, I, I had an enjoyable time with it and more of a fun time of it than I had with Lane, which, once again, might be because whatever mood I was having while I was in Lane or because that was the second time I've seen it because the first time I saw it, I really liked it. Um, and also because I know we have lots of uh, horny listeners. I want everyone to know I watched this shirtless and sweaty. So <laughs> good call. Um, yeah. Rabbit, what did you think? Charlie, you gotta stop making assumptions. Uh, uh well, I think I, this movie is... I should probably say I, I, I was, I was, uh, on exercise bike throughout the movie, so... Nice, um, okay. I don't want people to get sense. the wrong idea and think I was... Totally. ...doing something, um... Untoward? Un That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there was no stranger in the room. Um, mm -mm. I... Not yet. I have a perfectly fine time watching this movie. I watched it twice because it's a fine movie to watch. There's, <laughs> I generally enjoy the actors. I think visually it's kind of great. I think that the, like, yeah, like the, the elements are almost all fine on their own. There's a lot of movies that we've covered that like, I like them, but then we start thinking about them more and I really like them and I get excited thinking about them. This is the inverse of that. 
where watching it is fine. You know, the first time I watched it, I've watched it twice alone. And then I was like, oh, I should probably watch it again for notes. And I had like, like invited my roommate and partner to watch it with us. And we were all like, yeah, it was fine. It was a fun, fine time to thing to watch. It's kind of fun trying to figure out what the mystery is. The problems come when you start thinking about what they mean and what it all like the more i think about it the more infuriated i get because it a lot of it does not make sense basically it's a fine movie to watch but it's a really bad movie to be part of the cloverfield universe it makes me upset that instead of doing like an anthology series like they kind of were where it's like cool interesting movies like the twilight zone where they're all different they like tried to tie it all together and it sucks but as a movie it's a fine watch you know And I think part of what frustrated me about this so much is I thought I'm going to have to talk about this movie. I'm going to have to like, yeah, think about find something in here and not just like, cause I, I don't, I don't like coming on here and just like whining about how I had to watch a movie and I'm not going to, I'm not going to shots fired at me. No, 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 no. (laughs) I Charlie and I love doing that shit. Gamera. Yeah. Um, but I just felt like the last two movies beyond like being more fun for me or to like watch, they like sparked ideas in my head while I was watching them. And this felt like schlock, uh, which is, you know, again, fine. And I'm happy to watch schlock, but harder to, harder to talk about it. Yeah. I feel, I feel you there, Barto. Um, let me, can I give a little more context I forgot to mention to y'all about the release of this movie? Yeah. Okay, so I was not following, like, all three movies had, like, some kind of viral campaign or whatever. This one, I think, had the least, but my understanding is that on Super Bowl, during the Super Bowl, they showed a commercial that was footage from the first Cloverfield movie, and it basically said, a new movie's coming out that's going to show you what happened. Like, what, how that happened. And then instead, because it was supposed to be in theaters, and then suddenly they just sold it for $50 million to Netflix, probably because they knew they had a horrible movie and or like a not great movie. And then they just were like, by the way, it's out now. So like, watch it now. And a lot of people are speculating that they knew it was bad. They didn't want it to be reviewed ahead of time. They just wanted everybody from the Super Bowl to watch Mm -hmm. it and get a bunch of high like watches. So I think if I was watching this movie, it's it just... So I'm going it right into a complaint, but it just reminds me of Lost, where like part of the reason the show Lost is so fucking terrible is because they kept promising us answers, and the answers were not there. They were bullshit, and this is the same exact thing, you know? Yep. Do you know who watched uh, the final episode of Lost with you? You. Yes. Well, playing Zelda, the Skyward oh, yeah. Sword. I had no memory, but who else was it going to be? <laughs> Yeah, especially with me asking that question. <laughs> um, that's what I mean. uh, like I said, my most familiarity with J.J. Abrams was uh, a score to Night, Night Beast. Um, <laughs> Night Beast. I'd only seen like a first, uh, like a few episodes in the first couple seasons of Lost, and then I watched the finale with you. But you were really into it at the time, and then at, at the finale, you're like, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's ter- it was terrible. I mean, I was not one of the people who followed Lost year after year. I literally, my root or no, my friends who that I did Food Not Bombs with were like, we're going to watch the new season of Lost. And I hadn't watched any. So I binged it all and then watched most of it with them. And then, yeah, the, it just, 
I mean, we're halfway there already, so I'm just gonna, like, I fucking, J.J. Abrams, the way he does this shit where he's trying to connect stuff is so fucking frustrating because it's like he thinks, he just does no trust in the audience to, like, have a brain or actually care about the things. Like, what he did to the last Star Wars movie is, like, very quickly at the last minute tried to make it different because he was afraid of blah, 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 people being mad. And, like, tied it together in a way that doesn't make sense because he doesn't care about Star Wars as much as the people watching mm. it. And it's the same shit with Cloverfield. He's like, I can just kind of, like, fake it and put it together. Same thing with Lost. Oh, I can just kind of fake it and do say they were in purgatory the whole time or whatever. And it's, like, it's just so fucking annoying. But that on its own wouldn't be as annoying if there wasn't all these big lead-ups of, like, the last episode's going to answer all your questions in Lost. Or this movie's going to tell you where the Cloverfield monster came from. And then it's, like... The answer is a rift in dimensions that could create anything. This could have been any, every movie yeah. could because of this rift. It's just so, it's just bullshit and it's annoying. I've heard a lot of people say before, like when talking about, you know, the prequels in Star Wars episodes one to three, like, oh, we don't need to know like Darth Vader's origin story. You just went like Darth Vader. Sure. And I've always thought that's, no, I, I would. I like hearing origin stories of things. I mean, as long as it's done well and they actually put thought into it and like are passionate about it. So that's always kind of bothered me when people say like, oh, we don't need that origin story. That's stupid. We just need to see, we just like Darth Vader. And like, I've always disagreed with that. But then, yeah, when it comes to this, it's just like, obviously this is just not something coherent that they really thought through and considered. It's just totally very kind of haphazardly put together. So, I got, JJ, I got a message for you. I came here to do two things. Slap asses and suck toes. And I'm all out of toes. <laughs> so you better watch out with that behind of yours. One thing I didn't mention, by the way, is the movie they were shooting, th that partway through they decided to make it a Cloverfield movie, had nothing to do with dimensions. Like a... a a, a break in time or anything. That's a huge it's, change yeah. in the middle of <laughs> Just, filming. <laughs> that's I don't wild. know if it was the middle. It could have been the beginning. I don't know, but it's just wild. Imagine yeah. being a filmmaker and you know this story about this movie and you're like, fuck, J.J. Abrams is my producer now. What is going yeah. to happen? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> totally. Yeah. If anyone who signs on to do a movie with Bad Robot, just be prepared for it to all of a sudden be a Cloverfield movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't decide if I should just like if we should just go into our gripes right now since we're in this mode, or whether we should talk about something else and let gripes come as they may. Should we get them out of the way? Should we save them? Where are y'all at? I feel like we're just gonna have gripes throughout the entire thing. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't want to just like laser focus on gripes because. Because when more of them come, I'm going to feel bad sure. whenever they come because... Okay. Yeah. Or did you mean to say grapes and you actually said grapes? Oh, do we have because... grapes? Oh, I meant grapes. Yeah. Sorry. We can do grapes. We oh, can let's do grape. grapes. I love yeah. grapes. Yeah. Oh, and also raisins. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm oh, all raisins are great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Yeah. That's um, why we're a One podcast. other question, just because it's related to the stuff that we were just talking about. Have y'all ever heard of the 2018 movie Overlord? It's like a World War II zombie-ish, I think, movie. I recognize the name and it being a World War II movie, but uh, I don't really, not really familiar with it. Nope. 
So J.J. Abrams produced it, and apparently, like, when when Kaiju Transmissions did their episode on these three movies, it was in 2018, and they thought that that was the fourth Cloverfield movie, and a lot of people did, and J.J. Abrams later came out and said, oh, it's not, right before it came out. So I was kind of curious if either of y'all had seen it, because I wonder if it was gonna be, and this was received so badly, they were like, no, it's not Cloverfield. (laughs) Oh, that's yeah. Funny. Okay. So I watched something that that was like, here's how all three Cloverfield movies are related to each other, and it was mostly like little Easter egg things that J.J. Abrams yeah. puts in his movies that are very, and shit. Very, aren't very interesting to me. But they mentioned that a fourth one was coming this fall about World War II, and oh, wow. I'm like, I I'd have never heard of this movie. I don't think it happened but i guess it did it, the movie exists it has a pretty decent score on letterbox but it's not connected supposedly hmm. yeah but yeah right like, like if I, I, what does that mean like this movie is it's really not connected they just tack something on <laughs> well maybe this is a this is a good place to start discussing the movie from is the the connection right you have that thing at the very end where they're like oh no actually like oh no why are you letting them come back oh like we couldn't, we had no other idea. And then it's like, oh, giant kaiju. Mm-hmm. Like one that's the same as the, from the first one, but way, way bigger, bigger are on the planet. Well, the first yeah. one was a baby. Remember we decided yeah, it was exactly. a baby. Yeah, Grows up. Wait, how do you know it's a baby? I forget how we came to that conclusion. The the creators, behind the scenes, people said it was a baby. Nobody, okay. nothing in the movie indicates it was. But All right. that's I generally the... Cl- not want that coming out of my uterus is yeah totally wow that would be painful totally or whatever sack these creatures have to carry their young so what did y'all think when you're watching the movie it's almost over and then that happens where <laughs> this is a big eye roll seriously <laughs> <laughs> well at, at, you get a hint of it earlier in the movie yes. when he finds the girl I think by the hospital, you see like a cloudy outline of the thing. And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's here. Okay. And part of the reason I rewatched it was to be like, okay, can you tell it's kaiju now if I'm looking at it again? And yeah, you knowing that it is, those scenes are way more clear. He's hearing like, boom, boom, boom. And he goes, are they bombs? And someone's like, I don't think they're bombs or something like that. But it's footsteps. And then if you can look in the shadows of the smoke and it's a kaiju walking very clearly. Oh, a silhouette. Wow. But the first time you watch it, it doesn't feel like that. I'm definitely going to rewatch this. Good. Yeah, you to should. get that. Uh, it's better every time. And then we can record another episode on it. Anytime, baby. Yeah. It, earlier in the movie, I was kind of thinking like, is this supposed to be kind of like an origin story? But then I was like, no, because the other two movies... There would have been a mention of there being, like, an energy crisis. Like, they wouldn't just be so carefree and happy having a party with a guy <laughs> being transferred to Japan. And, like, I, do you, there would have been a sign of this happening on the streets if this was actually happening, where they have to send people into space to try to figure out to create a new energy source. And when they have five years left of energy, there wouldn't just be everything going along as normal like we see I think some people would. I think the upper middle class might, right? We we act strangely during disasters or like when that becomes the new normal. But in that movie, there's a timestamp on the video that I'm pretty sure is like 20 years before the oh, yeah. year that this movie takes place. <laughs> right. I mean, the I, I, I thought about it. Cloverfield definitely 
takes place in 2008 or whatever. Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane. When did that come out? It came out? 2016. Yeah. And I think it takes place that year because she has a smartphone. You know, it doesn't take place at the same time as Cloverfield at all. And this one took place, what, in 2025? 2028, I think. 2028, yeah. Something like that. They're not in the same, you know, which is fine now that we know they're not in the same universe at all because. Or they are. And the implication is something weird, like because there's the guy who says uh, it could create it could bring forth demons and aliens and sea creatures, which, you know, the first one maybe is sea creatures. Second one movie, there was aliens. Maybe it's talking about all of them, whatever. But I think he says not just in our time, but in other time, like, did it go the rip go backwards and now there's been a cloverfield monster the whole time i don't know well yeah right, i guess that's possible yeah that monster has been there for 20 years now but they only <laughs> somehow yeah be... it just got to england man <laughs> fucking uh, quantum physics that shit's crazy that guy that guy who i mostly still recognize as the the grounded for life guy um who's the who's the guy being interviewed. Do you guys remember Grounded for Life? It was like a Fox TV show oh, for yes. a while. Yes. Is that uh, the... Donald oh, no. Logue? Yeah, something cool. like that. The guy who, he's on the news for a second being like, we shouldn't mess with this technology. It could bring yeah. demons and shit. Yeah. His, uh, his character, uh, one of the only little Easter eggs I actually noticed in this, is uh, named Mark Stambler, which is... Sharing a last name with John Goodman's character in uh, oh, in nice. oh wow. Cloverfield Lane, but uh, damn. So is this an alternate dimension, alternate dimension version of that same person, or is it his relative? Yeah, relative. No, an alternate dimension version. <laughs> yeah, just as likely. Who took his love conspiracies into um, the book world? <laughs> I have so many notes, most of them about characters. I don't really know where to go. Is there anything that intrigued you all that you want to talk about? Shout out to, uh, I don't know, you guys may disagree with me, but uh, Chris O'Dowd, I, uh, I'm a fan of him, and I, I love him in this movie. He was Bar great. shaking his head. Okay. He was great. No, yeah, I'm right uh, there with you. I was like, what the fuck? Why is he in a completely different movie than everybody else? Yeah. He's, he's having so much fun. He's making me laugh. He's he's doing some some real real acting here, and everyone else is so dour. Oh my so, god! Yeah. I had the exact opposite. Like I wrote like the mm. a biggest failure of a comic relief ever. Like there were parts that felt like they should have worked, but all the dialogue amongst the crew was so bad that like it just didn't <laughs> work for me. Like what? His reaction to his arm would have been funny if there was a little bit of him actually being worried about his arm, but there wasn't. He was just like, I thought that's what are you kind talking of about my arm? My arm helped us find the earth. Like, that's, I, I like that. That it was just uh, he had like no concern. Just like, oh, well, fuck. All right. <laughs> I mean, my my thought was just like everything is so weird. You know, at this point, you got to roll with the punches to just not. Yeah, wow, an arm, an arm saying, wow, roll with the punches. <laughs> Jesus, rub if this, it in. If, if this was a better movie, I think that might have mattered to me more. But because of the level this movie is at, I was just like, oh, that's that's just hilarious. And he's just like has no concern at all for Lucy's <laughs> arm. <laughs> I was just happy to watch someone entertain me. And yeah, <laughs> sure. 
he he was definitely the most lively, least stiff person, and I appreciated his presence a lot. Yes. Yeah, and I just watched um, the One Armed Swordsman yesterday, so I think uh, this follows. This is two days in a row where main character loses an arm, and I really hope Chris O'Dowd looks into getting into uh, becoming a master of the sword. Um, <laughs> And maybe tomorrow, just to continue the trend, I'll watch uh, the one-armed boxer. But yeah, uh, Chris O'Dowd, uh, when it comes to the IT crowd, they've all they've all kind of gone on to have careers I like, except for he's been kind of the least on screen, I guess, the least I've seen since the IT crowd. So I, I appreciate seeing him and him being my, my favorite character, um, delivering me laughs. But, but yeah, uh, props to the IT crowd for um, having so many people that are funny still make me laugh years later i liked the russian guy too and as soon as he was as he was playing with his face i was like ah oh, they're gonna kill one of yeah. the only guys i like on this ship <laughs> and uh sh- and i wrote down like i don't want the worms to eat this guy and then the worms <laughs> ate the guy how do y'all think that the arm knew that the gyro was in him why was the gyro in him yeah how did the arm know you know even if we get over the arm could just write and has a mind (laughs) despite you know in the other dimension brains are in hands um, (laughs) and food is more um gyroscope shaped what we see is not edible uh yeah more gyro oriented okay (laughs) it's like when i when you go to a Middle Eastern place to, or sorry, a Mediterranean place to order a hero, but you accidentally call it a gyro. That's what happened to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you rewatch the movie, you'll see in that clip that Jensen plays of Ava with her kids. She waves to the camera. Now that is because her brain is in her hand. Got it. That's her way of saying, "Hey, we're connected on a brave on a brain link." wavelength and yeah great thoughts palms think alike yeah yeah uh yeah all right that whole that whole thing was baffling i mean the whole like the the wall opened up to eat his arm was baffling (laughs) the whole like everything was you know i i my mind was like okay i kind of get why this tall lady is stuck in a wall after after this particle i mean so what happened Uh, they tried to turn on their energy machine in space and they accidentally hit a higgs bosom is that what they said it's something to do with that but basically yeah they collided particles from two dimensions together and so all this shit got jumbled gonna have a bad time and i'm like okay that's fine that's fine and then stuff gets wacky that's cool I'm I'm into that. Someone's in a wall, but then things just kind of keep the wackiness just kind of keeps going, but like kind of randomly. There's no. But then it just okay. I'm just gonna my two big problems have to do exactly with what you're talking about. One is that all this weird shit's happening, and then it just stops, and it's an action movie after that, where like all the bad things happening are like the ship's broken. I gotta go in the escape hatch. Oh no, the air's coming through. I'm drowning. There's no weird shit from that point on that oh no now i am an action hero who has to slide from this part of the bridge to the other and sacrifice myself but like 
not a single time is someone trying to do something that they have to do and then a weird thing happens. It just stops. Yeah. Like the movie doesn't know what it is. Yeah, okay. the last 20 to 30 minutes, I was like, because throughout the entire thing, I was like, oh, this movie's pretty fun. This is definitely better than 2.3. Man, maybe this is, I'm liking this more than, you know, maybe this might be my favorite Cloverfield. And the last like 20, 30 minutes, I'm, I was just like, oh, this movie's boring now. <laughs> they, I like the weird I like the weird wacky shit happening that just and they, was fun to me they said multiple times it'll get weirder and worse the longer we wait and then it just stopped yeah, being and then it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure they did <laughs> the, the other big thing that I that I that bugs me so much in this movie is okay they have a station right and the idea is that there's a station also in the second reality right and that because of the thing, they kind of cross. And so, like, one of the crew members from the other station is on their ship, but in the wrong place because they went through each other, right? All makes sense mm-hmm. so far in the rules of the movie. You see that she uh, – there's a picture in one of the rooms, and now she's in there. So that picture must be from the second station because it's from the other timeline, right? Because now the blonde lady's in there, mm-hmm. Mina. And then you have all of the logs – from Schmidt from the other station, right? So like, okay, well, how did his logs get here? I guess the whole station's crossing or something. So some of it's from here, some of it's from there. Following me so far? That makes sense so far? Yes. Okay. I think I know what you're going to bring up. The, then, But none of the characters are confused or asking what on our station is ours and what is theirs. They just know already. Like Mina's like, okay, I'll do this if you get me Schmidt's plans. Well, why would Schmidt's plans automatically be his plans from the first universe if his logs are from the second universe? Like nothing. It's only convenience. Whatever makes sense to be from that universe is from that one. And from ours is from ours. And it's there's nobody's batting an eye, you know? Yeah, I thought I I agree. I thought you're going to bring up, you know, this is all happening because they crossed over each other. But then one of them has already been crashed into the ocean of Earth for a little bit. Well, too, yeah. so like, well, I mean, I guess it messes with time, but that it, just seemed their wrong. Their pop when they hit their particles together, the claim was that they made the other one crash. Like, okay, that happened at the the same moment. Oh, okay, that, that's, that's how that happened. Now, the All thing right. that that's why I'm supposed to watch it twice. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> listeners. The Let the thing that stressed me out was why did we not lose any of our yeah. things except like a picture on the wall? That's the only thing. And Schmidt's logs that look incriminating to him switched, but like yeah. <laughs> almost nothing else. Yeah. We we got a whole ass person and yeah. like an arm. And <laughs> like, like there's, and then, you know, I thought like something that I thought was cool that, you know, like, oh, it's on the other side. Of the sun, and that you know that makes sense because yeah. like maybe the Earth is in a slightly different position in the, you know, there's like a little tiny bit of physics that makes the whole thing different. But then like, why do we pick up all this other? None of it makes sense. Yeah, that's that's all. the frustrating part. Is like you could have made this movie and cared about the movie and made it actually kind of like it's interesting until suddenly it's just not like it's just like yeah. lost like oh. Now things are getting even weirder. His arms there. He exploded because he had worms in him. Why? Who cares? But like they don't even – it's just like them saying magic. Oh, because magic. Like 
there's no consistency. There's no like, and then, oh, the magic just stopped. There's no more magic now. Like, it's just cheap, quick. Some exec trying to make a movie. There's also no monsters in the other universe. You know, we've visited two other universes that were, that are ripples from from this universe and the other two movies that we've decided are the result of this movie. But the universe that they travel to doesn't really have any monsters. There's a there's a war going on and it seems pretty sure. bad down there. But no monsters. Well, yeah. That's because human in this in this dimension, humans are the real monsters. <laughs> that, there we go. Yeah. I humans mean, are the to, real the virus. To that point, Barto, I I did take it as there's one universe that our people start in. That's the universe that the other two movies are in. That's it. Mm-hmm. This universe got monsters. Okay. And not that it makes sense, because how I did they get monsters retroactively? Because they split the time. They, I don't know. It's so <laughs> stupid. Like, they just shouldn't have tried to combine them. Ah. Very just frustrating. You know, just like, I mean, in my headcanon for the first two movies, none of this shit matters. No, doesn't no, matter at all. That's matters. what the fun of it is. It's like the first movie was Halloween. The second movie was Season of the Witch. And then they're like, oh, that didn't do good. We got to bring Michael back for the fourth movie. <laughs> like Michael Myers right. back. You know, like stupid. Right. Do y'all want to talk about Ava's like story? I feel like her arc is supposed to be important in this movie or her. I I, I guess. She she killed her kids, so <laughs> I'm anti Ava. It kind of reminds me of the thing in Ten Cloverfield Lane where it's like she had to learn to fight. Not that it's the same message, but that it's like it's almost silly to talk about because we all get it. I think the thing to talk about is her being so insistent on going to this other dimension because it's like she has no. I mean, I guess her ultimate thing is that this other person's going to burn her kids alive like I did, um, so I need to save those kids. But A, that doesn't really make sense because the position this movie's in is there's a giant world war going on, so um, she's probably not going to be worrying about her kids being able to read at night. Um, uh, and yeah, she just has like no concern at all with the fact that there's another Ava there um, the, the she has, yeah, I don't know. She has no yeah. concerns for the implications of of what that would mean of her being part of this planet, as well as her just not even caring about her leaving her husband in the normal uh, planet. If if someone, if I showed up at my house <laughs> and was like, "Don't take your dog to the park that day," I, I would shoot me with a gun. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would. I would I would go to all my neighbors' houses like, hey, I'm taking my dog to the park. Can I also take your dog to the park? Can I also take your dog to the park? I'm going to take all the fucking dogs to the park in this goddamn neighborhood <laughs> I, just to spite that fucking bar. I, I don't want an evil, evil second mom showing up to be like, you're going to die, kids. It's like, what a horrible scenario. I know and- because I killed my children. I killed, I killed you. But in another dimension. But, so but, I... And then that's the that's the other thing about this is that we know at this point 
that there's one other dimension, which at least in my mind, you know, I'm a stupid guy, but in my mind, that means uh-huh. we have others. Yeah. infinite, many, many yeah, dimensions yeah. that she's not going to save her kids <laughs> in also. It is just, it becomes, once you've like entered this state where you're like, there, my kids are alive here in this other dimension, you have to reckon with the idea that like, this is just completely out of your fucking hands and you well, have one life to live and you got a husband who's going to miss you very, very much. Yeah. I don't know. It, uh, uh, go. I should say, if this opens up, you know, maybe the rest of the sequels are going to be her going to other dimensions to save her kids <laughs> from I, herself. I just... Okay, I I feel like I'm a little more forgiving with Ava because she's so traumatized and hurt by her children dying that I don't think she's thinking rationally. Like, the idea that, like, she just thought she lost Earth and then suddenly she gained being able to see her daughters older. Like, I could see something there making her be irrational. What I have a problem with is, you know, some of the stuff you're saying, but also, like, what... Okay, what happened to make her suddenly decide not to do that where she could just give a voice message which just like, oh, the people on the ship actually kind of need you. Okay, I'll just send a voice message. Like there wasn't like a big moment of her coming to clarity of any of the things we're worrying about. The other side of this is as a viewer is we're not really like they hint that like she lost her kids, but yeah. it's not like this thing that they're like pumping us with. And so when the kids are there, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, Oh my God, her kids are here. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I, I think they are hinting at it strongly enough that that moment is supposed to be like, Oh, now I see what happened. Like there's a string of things like the first conversation he's saying, you know why I want you to go. You've been through so much already. And then when he sees, Mina, mm. when Mina meets her, she's like, yeah, you look just like you are my friend. You're a little sadder, perhaps, but I guess it's the occasion. So there's all these things that I don't think the moment's supposed to be like, oh, my God, her kids. It's supposed to be like, oh, now I get what happened. Kind of like in Tetsuo, right? Like, oh, now I get what all this background was. But it doesn't work. It doesn't Part of the reason that. I think it doesn't work is Ava is not a character we care about at all. Like, Ava has the beginning, but then when you get to the ship, she's in the background and there's all these characters having interactions and being interesting. Yeah. One of them's accusing them of being a spy. Another one's like talking behind people's back. One of them's fun. And she's just nowhere to be found until all of a sudden yeah. it's her kid's shit. Yeah. And which also was one of my other principal complaints about this movie was that the thing that you pointed out last time, Rabbit, um, that made... Good job. Cloverfield interesting uh, or like a uniting feature of them is that they were from one perspective each and they like I'm like okay we have this woman it's going to be her perspective and so and they're showing like all these like outside shots of the ship and stuff like that I'm like okay this kind of feels like it's already not her perspective and then and then it immediately it loses that and that was I, I thought maybe we'd hold on to that one right? one thing and they just didn't. In fact, you're right. They did the opposite. They gave us a main character who we don't sit with at all. And one thing that I do feel like is maybe them trying to connect, but it doesn't work is like, so she does the voice message, right? Which is like, don't do the power cell, but also uh, like, yeah, who cares if your kids are dark at night, you fucking jerk. Anyway, 
but also, like, you should stop what you're doing right now and hold them and realize how much you need them and or like how much moments matter and right moments matter was a kind of big part of cloverfield one you know why are we caring about this stuff why are you going to this job moments matter but it it just falls so short because it's like it's like you're saying barto if somebody showed up to your house it reminds me of like i wrote something down on an acid trip telling me to like stop caring about work and it's like yeah but i gotta go to work today like i'm not in the mode where like you get that message hold them it's like well I'll hold them in like an hour you know what i mean when i get home from work i'll hold them like it's just not gonna work like that no (laughs) just bad writing and just such a huge bummer man i was just (laughs) i was just so bummed watching this movie because last week i remember i you know i listen to myself when i'm editing these episodes and so i some of the stuff really hangs on in my head but i last week i said i would watch 15 of these movies and i will yeah probably not watch any more of these movies yeah Yeah, because now you watch the best that's possible (laughs) like never mind can can i just go through a couple of my favorite lines from this movie and we can talk about them for a sec does that yes okay one of them is uh the, the husband michael leaving the message for her and he's like you know the thing i was gonna say you know before i got cut off in our last message is that maybe we should try again about the daughters but now obviously we can't do that <laughs> it's just like fuck, dude. <laughs> uh, another another favorite line was uh uh i'll just do the one with him this is my favorite line of the fucking movie uh okay my favorite line of the movie is like the, the girl goes you shouldn't text while driving and michael goes you're a smart kid only in emergencies disqualifies what was the point of that like what (laughs) and then there's like a shot of him looking at the phone for like (laughs) seven seconds straight he was looking Uh, at so much i was sure they were going to get into a car accident me too but they didn't so why was that they're like who was that for? Were they like, hey, actually, you know, we're doing these reshoots and we're having him text while driving a lot. Is that bad? We'll just have a character point it out so that we can say it is bad. Yeah. There are other, other um, interaction where... Please, yes. Where, where he, he says something like, bad things are happening, but good people are going to make it better. And it's like, we're going to need a lot of good people. And all I can think is like, like what, what, what good. I mean, that you know, especially if we're like calling back to the first Cloverfield movie where the explicit message to me is that all of the things that we're going to do to try and stop this are also going to be bad and evil. Mm-hmm. And like, yes. no one is, there are no well, good this people. Movie too. We're trying to save the energy crisis. Oops, we brought giant monsters. Like, right? Like, who are the good people that we're yeah. like supposed to like? You know, it kind of like trails off yeah. after she says that. I'm like, like we're supposed to meditate on that thought a little bit, and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're no good people. <laughs> One of the main people on the ship is a German person. He's obviously <laughs> not good. He's from Germany, but also like. Not just how stupid that line is of, like, a last-ditch effort to throw some, like, positive sentimentality into this movie, but this is a girl that was found 
in a hospital that was just rubble. Absolutely makes no sense that she exists in this world. And standing there, pointed forward, screaming at nothing. Lost her fucking mind. Her uncle is dead or whatever. And then she's the one going, we're going to need a lot of good people. Like, no. No, absolutely not. Do you guys catch her name? I think it's Molly. Molly. I think. I think. I'm going to look it up. Oh, never mind. The actress's name is Clover. Never mind. Oh, weird. <laughs> is her name um, Molly? It is Molly. Yeah. Okay, I Molly. thought I was mixing it up with uh, Deep Space Nine. Trust never me, mind. I just watched the movie. It's Molly. Nice. Um, um, I was just saying that whole side plot was just seemed very uh, padding out the time. Yeah. <laughs> Those were reshoots really, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole... It was like we found we found her parents where uh they're super grateful for you and it's like <laughs> is there a payoff for that yeah. or is <laughs> that's just, it. we're supposed to feel good that he feels good in this moment is that it Totally Okay one more favorite line which is also an attempt to make something of this movie that it just fails is Keel the commander you know you have this international space station thing where everybody's from a different place and he goes if we can't keep our shit together here how can we expect them to do it down there (laughs) what are you fucking talking about you're a crew trying to make a particle accelerator work they're a planet like what are you talking about (laughs) and they're a planet who has had many wars over energy in the past so but if we don't uh, fight they they won't fight (laughs) yeah yeah i just yeah, we're all looking for our role models up in the stars, you know, like what? No, yeah, we no one looks at astronauts that way anymore, even ones who are trying to save the world. That's just like, that's not the case. Even if they don't outright fight, they're still like trying to figure out behind the scenes how to get the most power out of this fucking energy uh, source than the other ones and how they can... Uh, maneuver politically to control the others because that's what they do they will do no matter if you keep your shit together or not my favorite line or one of my favorite lines i don't remember the line but uh at the end when jensen um that she's like i'm tall so i own this ship i'm gonna go around this (laughs) ship with no long legs and shoot people yeah yeah, and she has um uh what was the name? Schmitty? Uh, oh, Schmidt. Schmidt. He's on the ground, like, with uh, Jensen holding a gun above him. And then Ava comes to save the day. And I think there's even a, a couple lines first. But then uh, Schmidt's like, watch out! And he, like, warns her. It's like, yeah, obviously. Like, it's just, like, the most obvious thing ever. And there's no need to warn her. And I don't know. Wait, warning him about what? I'm lost. About Jensen and how Jensen's oh, bad. Yeah, well, yeah, while yeah. she's like holding a gun totally. and Schmidt lying on the ground. And it was like the most, I don't know, it made me crack up. I wish I could remember the exact scene. Totally. <laughs> just completely unneeded the, the warning. Schmidt does have one of my other favorite lines I just remembered. When they're talking about like, how do, what should we do? Oh, we'll run the particle accelerator again. What we know about quantum entanglement says that should just bring us back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was very cool. I'm like, wait, 
lucky. No. <laughs> well, we didn't believe the guy on TV who said this could happen, but we do know how to go back. I do like that this was like a, it felt like a nod, you know, because there's all those um, uh, CERN conspiracy theorists in general. Mm-hmm. And now most of them are like, like large, they're, they're more concerned about the, uh, the satanic rituals that are going on at the Large Hadron Collider. But, um, you know, there are those who are like, they're going to open up a black hole there and destroy the universe or the earth or whatever. And I do like that they did a nod to them and decided that they were right. I, th- I sure. think that's good. I mean, in general, I think the message that, you know, the things that we try to do to fix starvation, overconsumption, oil shortages, worldwide war, if we keep doing them the same way we're doing them, like keep going on this path where everybody has their individual houses and we have space stations and shit, the solutions might be worse than the problems. I generally like that, but the movie doesn't give any context for us or any alternatives for that to be a meaningful message. It's just like, oh, that sucks. Like, you're fucked, I guess. There's no like, oh man, I wish we hadn't consume so much or i wish we'd changed our lifestyles all or like our culture so we all work together so that we're not working together for the first time on this space station but it was just empty it's just a, a way to make it scary yeah i mean they're all they're all sitting in gas cars waiting yeah. to get their gas cars filled up there's no like image of like anyone trying to do anything differently it was just like we have to hope for this techno fix we gotta wait for the billionaires to save us or we gotta wait for the science to save us right and obviously that doesn't work and that's and it's good that that doesn't work you know because it won't but there could be i I don't know obviously it's not a film about the the like anarchist groups on the ground who are trying to build something more beautiful in the spaces, you know, left as things start to collapse. But it would have been nice if someone just mentioned that maybe somewhere along the line, we made some bad decisions that got us to this place because they don't even yeah. do that. Or if the mm-hmm. other universe was one where people had acted differently in the past. So they actually were doing better, but they were just doing the, collider thing for fun why not and then realize they should i don't anything where there's a glimpse um speaking of sitting in their gas cars i'm pretty sure that the driver was on the left side of the car yes in england yes the whole time (laughs) i was like i started the movie and i was like oh ira bracken content warning this takes place in England. And they laughed. And then they were like, wait a second. Why are they driving? And I was like, maybe it's not England. And then it shows them up in the space station. She has the fucking English flag on her side. I was like, what? The British flag. So weird. Uh, another fun scene that made me just like roll my eyes real good was when they, after the hand or the disembodied arm told them to look inside the Russian person and yeah. they did one little oh, slice with a scalpel across his belly and then yep. opened him up like like the alien in Independence <laughs> Day. <laughs> 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 like well, I don't think the human body works that way, but it, totally. it's just like 
it it made me feel like like if I just installed a zipper here, I would have I don't know like bay doors in my chest, and that that's really really wild scene. Yes, I don't know. Do they do that in? They do that in Crimes of the Future. They have like zipper. They do. Yeah, but even that much more realistic. Crime of the Future is actually a uh, secret fourth Cloverfield movie, <laughs> fifth after Overlord. <laughs> Every movie is. So. I uh, so Monk is the one who um won't is won't cut him open. He's a doctor, and he's like, I can't cut him open. He's my whatever. We assume it's because his friend, and so someone else does. But I first of all, I want to say that this movie seems to be trying to do some sort of religion versus science thing, right? Where Monk wants to pray. And the guy's like, are you serious? Schmidt's like, are you serious right now? I can't believe this. This is their 47th attempt. Do they fight about this every time? Like, yeah. every single time. Like, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? You're going to pray? Like, also, yeah. the balls of naming the religious guy Monk. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I want to bring up, I, I put it on in the background, uh, what I was talking about earlier when he's um, warned that that stupid line I was saying. So Jensen has um, Schmitty, Schmidt? Schmidt pinned to the world, pinned to the ground, pointed a gun at him, and then Ava comes behind him and he says, "She's Jensen," and they have like a whole conversation. You could go home. We were a crew. We were never a crew. And the whole time she's pointing the gun down at Schmidt. And then Schmidt just so comes up and says, "Stay away from her." Like this is like they're having they had like a whole conversation interaction before the entire time she's holding the gun down. Totally. And then Schmidt just pops up and says, Stay away from me. That's that, that made me laugh a lot. Um, the movie doesn't know what it's shown the audience yet, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't know that that's not good helpful. Just like <laughs> it hasn't introduced us to the characters well enough that like I don't know about y'all, but my first time watching it and the people who watched it with me, when Mina is found stuck in the wall, I don't know the whole ship well enough to know that that's not one of them. <laughs> yeah. And so then yeah. when she goes, Hamilton, they go, she said your name. That's not weird to us. Now we have to think, why would it be weird for her to say her name? Oh, do we not know this woman? Like they forgot to tell us that this isn't one of them. It's so yeah. poorly made. I yeah, watching that scene at first I couldn't tell if they're female or male. Um so I was like, wait, is that a person on the ship? And then I think they said like help her and then I was like, Okay, but I only remember two women on the ship and I was like, Is this has this person been on the ship? Is this person been on the ship? I don't think so. Yeah, I was just questioning myself. Just need one line. Time. Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> 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 they cool. also um forgot later that she had wires like from her bodies Mm -hmm. like the wounds just weren't there it was like yeah she healed very well it was um that felt like one of those things where like they had this third act already with her but they were like oh she gets there by yeah by not only transporting in to the wall like they added that much later not only wires, and she had like a fucking small like rod sticking like yeah, her a nod to Cloverfield One. Yes, nice. Oh, there we go. So in the original movie, 
uh, the God Particle, it was an all-American crew, and they make the Earth disappear, and they think that they've done this, and they're dealing with all this guilt, and they run into a European station, and that station comes on, and then it's like a murder mystery. So I think you're right, Barto, that there was, oh shit, we need the murder mystery person to show up. How's that going to happen? And so they had to invent Mina mm-hmm. through the dimensions thing. Okay. Oh, sounds like a better movie. Very um, strange. Strange movie. So strange. I want to point out one thing I kind of liked. I kind of liked the little bit this movie did of show, don't tell. Like, I liked the metallic ooze stuff that they would shock. I, thought I liked it. That was kind of a cool little world building thing. You mean Ooh. the uh, the uh, what where they got the um, I called it Chekhov's Magno Putty, which yes, which I don't get why it suddenly had sentience and was grabbing him. That makes no sense. But before yeah, that was the that, last weird thing. Yes, I thought the payoff because there was so much like we got this Magna Putty, mm. we got this Magna mm-hmm. Putty, something's gonna happen with this Magna Putty, and then it just came alive. Totally, which whatever i liked how he was so unfazed about losing his arm he's just like yeah i'm gonna continue i'm fine with continuing working on the walls <laughs> <laughs> on the walls even yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did y'all think of the effect when his arm was getting in there and it was like kind of twisting it was kind of cool practical effect even it was kind of dumb i can't decide how i feel you mean when the, uh. it was lit, like eating the wall yeah. was eating his arm and the lines were kind of spiraling yeah i definitely think it was better than some of the other effects like uh just the visual effect of his afterwards of his arm um yeah i thought that looked kind of bad <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I think the the wall was was okay i guess it, it was just it looked cool i thought but it was very much like what is going on like yeah how does quantum explain this i don't <laughs> i don't know zero maybe we're just not smart enough for the movie yeah i, think I mean i guess it. quant you know quantum mechanics says that this table is like mostly empty space and i guess they they could that that was how i decided to mm. and he's just he's just sliding on through now why that's happening is i don't know i'm not totally. smart enough I think we all need to take some quantum physics classes and then we can revisit this episode. And I think our listeners would really appreciate that. And, you know, that's what we do this for. (laughs) Also, was any of this a paradox? Did anything paradoxical happen? I mean, I guess all time travel mechanics are pretty paradoxical, but not, I mean... No, I mean, I guess if you just I mean, want to say there that time travel? doing the, the, the running the machine could cause contradictions in your universe, maybe, but I don't know. Isn't it a paradox? Eh, it doesn't really work. Oh my God, I, I had two I different paradox songs I wanted to sing y'all while we were on here that I made up today and I can't remember either of them. <laughs> oh, come on, Brad. Oh God. <laughs> POV when you Been smoke too most much weed. Lives, living in a clover's paradise. <laughs> I can't remember what they are. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> oh, I know they're all they're terrible. I can't remember no, what they actually were. I think <laughs> you are. I think you're the next weirdo. <laughs> I you. disagree with Barto. I'm gonna I be weirdo. 
by just doing parodies of his songs that he's done parodies of. It's <laughs> the way to do it. Last thing I want to say, and then I'm good to go into awards if y'all are, is maybe this is unfair. It makes sense internationally that people would speak Mandarin. Um, the the woman who played Tan, Zhang Zi, I don't know if I'm saying that right, is like great actors in a lot of cool stuff. She's in the Godzilla uh, MonsterVerse movies. But it, it definitely, so I watched Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Uprising this weekend, and then I watched this, and those movies are both movies aimed at Chinese audiences. So there's an actor, there's Chinese actors in them. They're speaking a little bit of Mandarin. They have one scene in each that's in China. That's a very common thing. Uh, same thing with um, uh, the MonsterVerse and like the last fight is in Hong Kong. So it just felt like them all knowing English and a little Mandarin felt shoehorned in to get a certain audience. But that might have just been because I was watching a bunch of movies where it clearly was. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I did think it was cool that every single member of the crew knew English and a little bit of Mandarin. Uh, yeah. It, but also <laughs> it felt like they were trying to use Mandarin Schmidt and uh, Tam to like hide their secret plan from Zol yeah. uh, Volkov. But then he knew their plan. I don't know. I mean, but I think he must've been able to speak Mandarin. Then why yeah. did they use Mandarin to secretly do the thing right in front of him? Like, is he the only person on the crew that right? can't talk to her? That's fucking dumbass Russians. Who can speak Mandarin? Like, like I was so <laughs> confused. This is what Putin has done to the Russian school system. No Russians, no Mandarin anymore. It's all because <laughs> of Putin. It, it is interesting that this movie has this whole subplot about, like, you know, the, the Germans and Russians being at war and, like, maybe somebody from Germany is sabotaging this so the russians can starve and they can win the war and we're not interested in talking about any of the actual politics because it just was such a so dumb not only that but like that's like at first presented as kind of like this kind of you know crazy conspiracy but then they're like yeah that's kind of what's happening on in the other dimension <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally and plus like i like the Russia's threatening a ground invasion. Can you believe that? In 2023, hits different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, uh, yeah. I guess the lesson is, you know, how can we expect people on Earth to behave if these international crew can't behave? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. If, if the robot can't even behave... <laughs> How can we expect them to behave? Very bad. Did you think they had anything larger to this? Like by the end of the movie, I'm think I'm like thinking about it. I'm like they didn't really have a lot to say about very much at all. Maybe like techno future fixes for like environmental problems. You know, they're they're wagging their finger at that. But then I thought the other thing they're wagging their finger at three D printed guns and <laughs> yeah. And that was the only other thing that I felt like they made a firm statement about is they're bad. I love the, like, where did you get that? I don't understand when they're 3D printing bagels yeah. for themselves and shit. Like, also, why is the bagel square if the gun can be curved? Anyway, I don't think they have anything they're trying to say. Like, I think the little... That bagel looks like shit. It, oh, yeah. 
it feels like the end of some of the like middle Showa movies, Godzilla movies, where they're like, <laughs> we just have to cram time. something like, oh, we beat Ebera. Well, global warming's bad, you know. Like, oh shit, <laughs> we opened up a portal into dimensions, and everybody's dead except for two people. And uh, don't burn down your kids, and we're gonna need a lot of good people, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need a lot of good people feels like the last line of a Godzilla movie. You're yeah. completely right. <laughs> totally. Or, oh or you're a smart kid. Only in emergencies. Disqualifies. <laughs> <laughs> that could yeah. be text while that driving would... very seldomly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could have, that really does feel like it could have been in one of those where where would it have fit? I mean, that could have fit in a Gamera movie, like anywhere in the middle. You know, they have they have lots of little like kids being little smart asses about about things the parents are doing. Totally, so, yeah. Hey, and good. this kid was about as good of an actor as one in the Gamera movies. So yeah, but but who is she? Why yeah, is she, she there? What did she add to the plot? What's the happening? The whole hospital yeah. was destroyed, but she's clearly invincible, so she was stuck there. Yeah. Um, and there's no other bodies around either. Nothing. Just... <laughs> yeah. So weird. Um, and it's clearly a set where this is the only building. <laughs> yeah. That that uh, that whole plotline of the husband is it's just done horribly. I mean, when he pointless. pulls up, you're he's like oh my god, and it's just rubble, but it's like, we didn't get to see his drive here, so we don't know, like, is everything rubble, and he's weirdly confused that this is yeah. rubble, because a monster's <laughs> running through it all, or is did they just target is, the hospital is, and jump somewhere else? Is this the else? only building? Yeah. See, we have no idea. Until we talked about this, it wasn't clear to me that it was the hospital. Like, okay. I didn't even know that. I thought he just found this girl, and then kept driving, and then got a text that said, don't come, hospital destroyed. Okay. Oh. You got a text message saying that, and I, I, yeah, didn't maybe even agree right. me that it was. Yeah, like rabbit. I thought I thought that was the hospital, but uh, maybe it yeah, was. Maybe, maybe on my uh, second watch um, before <laughs> our next recording of this, um, <laughs> I can't figure that out. <laughs> a lot of mysteries. Put my my feet to the pavement. Be you're, regular. You're right. Sherlock Holmes, a kaiju. Movies. You're right about a uh, show doesn't tell. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Masterful filmmaking. <laughs> do y'all want to do some awards? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. I didn't really think that much for these, but let's do it. All right. Dumb Cop of the Week. Charlie, what you got? <laughs> um, uh, you guys go first. I have I have in my head who I want, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to articulate it. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. You go first, Rabbit, please. Uh, my mine was Bizarro Schmidt from the other universe who wanted to force the <laughs> Russians to starve, I guess. Yeah. That, I'm giving it to Bizarro Schmidt. I am going to give it to The Robot. Close. Actually. Maybe that is why he's bad. <laughs> um no, I'm going to give it to J.J. Abrams nice. uh, because like a cop who has a case in front of him and is only interested <laughs> in pinning the case on somebody, whether or not yes. there's any actual evidence to back that up, <laughs> this is J.J. Abrams 
trying to make this a Cloverfield movie, whether or not there's any reason for that to be the yeah. case. Mm, incredible work. <laughs> that was work. beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, Jason Keel for being a boss. Nice. There you go. <laughs> Solid Thumbs work. down. Praxis Award. I'm going to go first this time. Um, I'm giving the Praxis Award to the 3D printed gun. <laughs> <laughs> No one who used it, all stupid reasons, just to the gun. Uh, Chris O'Dowd's character for keeping everyone smiling and laughing and trying to always make the situation jovial, even when he loses his own mind, <laughs> trying to keep everyone in good spirits. What a champ. What a hero. I, I, I was also going to say Chris O'Dowd's character for keeping my spirits up through this Hell yeah. Yeah. through this film and and uh, just just having a, a a great face to look at. Just you know, all around. Yeah, totally. And and like I mentioned before, Chris O'Dowd, he hasn't had as much of a popular career as the other IT stars. Um, so Matt Barry, you know, uh, try to get him in on uh, uh, what we do in the shadows. Try to get Chris O'Dowd in there. Rich Ayoade, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, try to get Chris O'Dowd in there. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> the lady who does who does that really funny British travelogue show. I can't think of her name, but uh, get Chris a dad on there. <laughs> what about favorite shots? Uh, barfing up the worms. That was Hell pretty yeah. good. Nice. Uh, very Fulci esque. So um, very Fauci esque. Fulci esque. Oh, okay. Fulci is a Italian um, gore. Director, kind of Fau- Fauci esque too, if you think about it, though. It happened to me after I got the Fauci. I mean, <laughs> Fauci, Fauci was known as the Godfather of Gore and the uh, Fauci of cinema, so <laughs> that fits. Uh, Barto, you know the the scene where Chris O'Dowd, I I thought it was very silly, but it looked the the Magno putty. Mm. Uh, grabbing Chris O'Dow on the security camera, I thought looked very cool, and yeah, that was that was my shot. Nice. Um, I'm gonna go with the foosball table that they focused on and just spun around a lot for no reason. That was fun. Uh, the shot at the great sp- sport. It's a great sport. <laughs> the shots of the space station, just because I kind of like the design with the weird circles rotating, is kind of unique, and uh. The two kaiju shots, the one where it's coming out of the clouds and then the one where it's the hospital and it's just smoke and you can kind of see it. Because the whole time I was like, I want this movie. I just want to, I don't care about what's happening in Space Station. Show me this movie of what's happening on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's the only little peek I got. So I'll take it. I, I was going to say the, uh, I thought I, I described it in my notes as the ghost of the Cloverfield monster. <laughs> And yeah. when when you saw it like in the smoke, that would that was my other favorite shot because yeah, oh, it was yeah. a glimpse of a movie that could have been. I, totally. I need to go back. I, I missed that shot. Um, you don't need to go back. It's um, fine. No, I, <laughs> go back twice I mean, like I did, Charlie. I, it's worth it. Yeah, I'm going to. And just as a reminder, audience, I was uh, shirtless and sweating while watching this movie. Totally. So, um, you know, maybe get a stranger to help you out with that image. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, let's let's rate this sucker. We never created a Cloverfield uh, uh, metric or whatever you call it ranking, and it's too late now. Um, 
I don't know. Who wants to start? <laughs> a one-leaf clover. Damn, all right. Wow. Lucky charms, this is not according to Barto, but it is according to Grogu. That's also what my name is, in addition to Charlie, because I rate this the best Cloverfield movie. Um, I don't know if that's true. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. In my head right now, I'm like, part of me feels like I had the most fun during this movie. <laughs> I'm very kind of, I don't know, I had a lot of fun during the first movie. And I did have fun during the second movie. But then I remember I did have a lot of fun with it the first time I ever watched it. Where Keep all this if in, I rate, If I had to rate on my first time watches, the second one would be my favorite. But uh, uh, it's not this this watch through. And I don't know. I, I don't think this movie is as bad as people say it is as long as you just take it as a dumb, below-average sci-fi movie. It's just... Uh, <laughs> enjoy on the most surface level possible and in that if you take it like that i had a good time watching it. as long as so you accept that, wasn't that it's bad it's not so, that bad <laughs> this movie gets you all the clovers me. in the fields and neither the other movies get clovers in the fields <laughs> and i'm also going to give it a box of lucky charms with, some, with a little leprechaun saying hey, it's my lucky charms Hell yeah. Okay, I'm going to give this movie a tiny, tiny peephole in a door, and you look through it, and the peephole is all fogged up, so you can barely, barely make out the image of a shirtless Charlie on an exercise bike riding really fast, and this other thing keeps asking for your attention the whole time, and so like nine-tenths of the time, you're looking at some stupid dog or, like, a clown near you, but, like, all you want to see is Charlie, but you can't, because it's too fogged up and you're too distracted. And just, uh, in case he listens to this, JJ, this is our pitch for the next Porky's movie. If you want to, uh, I know you have some moves in the film world and you can acquire that series. I think we got a hit. Um, that this dude just should not be able to be in the end of franchises. He's good at starting shit. He just needs to not like Star Wars, even Star Trek. He, what all of it? Just stop, please stop. Changing mind to no leaf clover. Nice. Okay. Charlie knows that one, right? The Metallica song. Never mind. I I just throw it in. I've <laughs> never been a um, much of a Metallica fan. Oh, brother. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time for Invasion of Ast... What is it called? The Body Snatchers? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I didn't have it in front of me. I just watched it. Fucking great movie. Really excited to talk about it. Um, You can find us on a podcast app where you probably are right now, and you can rate us and review us there. That would be awesome. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at NoGodsPod. You can email us, NoGodsPod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show... Text and drive, but only during emergencies. Otherwise, do not text and drive. Yeah, and remember, we have an ongoing red alert emergency until we get to uh, 10,000 downloads per episode. So So do your review while driving. It is okay to text and drive. (laughs) You are good.